Hi there and welcome to Hugh. My name is Darren and today I am presenting to you part four in this series. This subject is most vital to all living things before God and that is God's holiness. Many of us view God's holiness as either scary, unapproachable, even boring, when in fact it is the most exciting aspect of God to embrace. Because of our sinful lifestyle, it has hindered our approach to God, who is completely righteous in every way. But in reality, it is because of God's holiness, He has approached us to restore new life into our being and to heal our relationship with Him. So I'd just like to have a look at this today together. Throughout the Bible, God's holiness comes through very strongly from start to finish. Hebrews 12:14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. This tells us that holiness is of most importance to God. So what is holiness? God is always talking about doing what is right and just. He gave us the Ten Commandments, and to the Israelites when they came out of the land of Egypt, he instructed them in ways of rituals and sacrifices to purify them so that his holiness would not destroy them when they approached him. God's holiness is this. God is totally committed to truth and dedicated to what is right and just. And you know what? For us, that is fantastic news. It means that this person, who is our Heavenly Father, can be completely trusted and relied upon. He will not lie, cheat, or go behind your back about anything. He's not going to change his mind about anything. His character will not change. He is completely against evil and against wrongdoing. It means all his intentions, thoughts, and desires are for everyone's benefit and well-being. As it says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. This shows us that God's holiness is built on the foundation of love. Paul says in Corinthians chapter 13, You can have all the gifts and the power in the world, but without love, everything is pointless. So this also applies with God. His holiness is dedicated and built on love and justice, which gives us all hope. So where does that leave us? As I read out before in Hebrews, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Does that mean God expects us to be holy as well? Absolutely. How is that possible, you might say? It is very simple and it is not out of reach. It starts with humbleness of heart so that respect and honour towards God can take its place. My father used to say, if respectable people of high importance came into your house, you certainly would not behave as you normally would. Your behaviour would be respectable, your clothes would reflect the visiting person's position, your speech and attitude would be honourable and humble towards them everything you do would be pleasing and acceptable in their sight. There would be nothing left undone. So it is with God. He has left nothing undone towards any of us. 
and he has been holy towards all of us, and so he expects the same in return. Leviticus 20.26 says this, You are to be holy to me, because I, the Lord, am holy, and I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. Also in 1 Peter 2.9 says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and God's special possession. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we all need to remember and meditate on this statement. Everything about God leads to holiness. Once you accept a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, there's that word again, holy, the Holy Spirit starts working in your life and leads you down the road of holiness. There is no other road with God because all other roads lead away from God. Remember, sin, wickedness and deceit is the opposite of holiness. When holiness is embraced by the believer, I tell you what, watch out. God really moves in leaps and bounds in your life and with the people around you. I'd just like to read Exodus chapter 3 verses 1 to 6. It is about Moses' encounter with God. Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from within a bush. Moses saw the bush ablaze with fire, but it was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and see this marvellous sight. Why is the bush not burning up? When the Lord saw that he had gone to over to look, God called out to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses answered. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then God said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Now, I'm going to relate this passage to us when we gather together as a group of believers. What did God ask of Moses when he approached the burning bush? Do not come any closer. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. When we gather together as a church, wherever that may be, we are meeting with God himself. Because of his holiness, which we are all aware of, we must gather together with the most respect and humility. There is no room for casualness. We are to leave our shoes of life outside. We have shoes for everything in life. We travel to work in shoes, go to our friends and families in shoes. We do things around the home in shoes. Our shoes carry us everywhere in life. But when we come to God, we need to put our shoes and life aside that we may clearly hear what the Lord God has to say. And after this, what did God say to Moses? I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. God made it very clear who it was speaking with him. He put everything into perspective for Moses. 
when we gather together, we are also meeting with this same God, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Remember, Jesus said, when two or more are gathered in my name, I will be there. It does not say I might be there. Jesus says I will be there. I want you to meditate on this. When two or more of you are gathered together, Jesus will be standing right next to you. Many people will say, I wished I lived to see Jesus during the days here on earth, and then I would have much to talk about with him. But don't be ignorant. He is still here walking amongst his disciples today, and he is there to talk to. In the early 1900s, a preacher called Evan Roberts got up to preach in church and said to the people gathered, Do you believe in Jesus Christ? The people said yes. Evan Roberts then said, Do you believe that Jesus is here in the midst of you? The people once again said yes. Evan Roberts then said, Then you do not need me here. Then very promptly he stepped down and left the church and went somewhere else. And what was the result of that church service after he left? The congregation received this word and believed, and they all prayed together. What happened after that? The Holy Spirit of God moved mightily amongst that congregation after he left. Do not be as Moses and hide your face before God. Be humble and embrace his holiness, and let it flow into your life. Let God deal with all aspects of your life that you may become holy before him. In conclusion to these matters, I like to bring together all four parts of these series. Firstly, do not just stand there and look into the sky waiting for something to happen. Do as God commanded. Press into God and his kingdom through much prayer and seeking God together. Secondly, when we gather together, we are God's temple, a place of prayer for all nations. And when we sincerely pray and seek God together, he moves in us and through us, so that when we meet people who are not believers, they will realize they need God in their lives too. Thirdly, God has a plan for every place on earth where his believers gather together. Even though you know God's will for you and the people of God, do not use your own strength, wisdom or might to fulfill it. Seek God's plan for his will, for the area where you gather together in his name and follow the Holy Spirit's leading. Fourthly, get your life right before God. Be holy just as God is holy. Gather together with the utmost reverence and humbleness, that God may bless and move among you. Never come together in any form of casualness before God, because God is not casual towards you and your family of believers. Embrace God with all your being and be excited about it, because God has plans to do good and not evil. Lift your hands and face towards God and take in His holiness. For it is medicine to your soul and gives you hope because he is our unchanging father. I hope you enjoyed this four-part series. God has really put these four points on my heart to share with those who want to listen. I suppose I am like a voice of the minor prophets in the Bible. A lot of people like to listen to the big prophets. 
but my voice is like a small prophet and I hope you take in what God has shared with me and help me to understand. So if God is speaking to you about this, take it in and listen because God has a plan for all of us, especially for you and your people that you've gathered together and meet and seek God. I pray that God will bless and use you wherever you may be. And I just really pray that God will stir your spirit into holiness and that he will reveal to you more of himself in his kingdom for your sake and for his sake. Thank you once again for listening today. I hope this has encouraged you. And once again, I will be back. Thank you very much for listening. God bless.